0: This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Now, yeah. right, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today's episode, I'm going to go through a collection of questions I received on Twitter over the weekend, answered some of them uh, already on Twitter, but we'll expand upon those answers further, and some of them I'll I'll take a crack at for the first time here. If you have not yet, please subscribe, please rate, please review. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and just about anywhere else you would listen to a podcast. Also, if you have not yet, please check out our premium podcast available at turnonthejets.podbean.com. That is hosted by myself and Connor Rogers and has weekly episodes, uh, which are ad-free and a bit longer than the episodes on this feed. Last week, we talked with Jordan Reed of the Draft Network about the team's draft class and also talked a little Logan Ryan, Larry Warford, uh, and other free agency news that continues to bounce around about the Jets. Uh, Even though this is the quote-unquote quiet time and there's still a little uncertainty as to uh, when football activity will resume uh, in some way, uh, we'll continue to be consistent both on this feed and on the Badlands feed with new episodes and new interviews. So stay tuned for that in the in the coming weeks. But today, uh, we're going to dive through some of the qu- questions you all sent through on Twitter. Thank you again for the engagement. Appreciate uh, how consistent uh, everyone's been and still uh, looking for some football content. I think we're all missing sports. It does feel like some of it is starting to come back a little bit. So fingers crossed that can continue to happen in a safe way and that we will get our football season on schedule uh, starting up in early September. So first question from Fuego takes: how much would you be willing to pay Jamal Adams? So the Jamal Adams situation is going to be one of the most interesting things I think to follow around this team over the next year or so. Adams, uh, three years now under his belt. Uh, Eddie Jackson is currently the highest paid safety in the NFL Adams is unquestionably going to want a lot more than uh, Jackson, which I think is fair, uh, considering if you look at the two players, I think just about everyone would agree that uh, Adams is superior, and it probably definitely holds the title right now, has the best overall safety in the league. So Jackson got four years, $58 million. I'm assuming Adams is going to want something in the high 60s or into the 70s even maybe. Uh, The Jets don't really have to do anything right now. Uh, They have Adams under contract. Uh, He is still a couple years off from needing any type of new deal. So do I think Adams is going to miss any time this year related to his contract? No. Uh, Are the Jets in a frantic rush to do it before the season? Probably not. I do think it is a priority for the organization, but... I'm sure there is a delta in what they are comfortable paying and what Adams wants, and you know that's going to be hashed out over the next year, and the Jets will also have more cap flexibility next year, depending on how revenue shakes out and what the salary cap looks like. It's really hard to project exactly what that number is going to be, Uh, but they are likely to have more flexibility than they had this past year. So, you know, look, I I think understanding that Adams is going to get more than Jackson is reasonable. I think, you know, something in the mid-60s, Probably feels about right, and I could see that number getting a little higher. Am I, you know, giving Jamal Adams eighty-five, eighty-six million dollars? No, probably not. Uh, I think you have to look at the rest of the roster and how you're investing in it, and you know how things play out with Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley and some of the other bigger investments. Uh, overall, you're also going to have to pay Sam Darnold uh, sooner rather than later, and what that number looks like will really be determined, I think, in a lot of ways by this season. So, look, I. I think this is going to be a long, a long one. I'm not expecting a quick resolution. I don't think Adams is going to get a new contract before this season or even during this season. I think this will really be hashed out and become more of a front and center issue after uh, this upcoming year. And I think the number is probably something in the high 60s. I think once you start getting into the you know 70s and 80s, I think. Uh, that could be, a, you know, a little crazy. I mean, how much more is Adams going to ultimately want than Jackson? Is it five million more? Is it fifteen million more? And can both sides come to a place where they feel good about that final number? Next question from Meigs two one four. We're starting out with a couple of our uh, TOJ writers with questions for today. Chris Arndt, playing sixteen games this season, is immense. But do you think Prashad Perryman is being slept on a little? Uh, Robbie was a more consistent player but never flashed like Perryman did and feel like his skill set could work well with Darnold. Uh, I think basically, um, you know, it's interesting. It's hard to project what Perryman is going to be in this offense. You know, Perryman is a guy who really has not done much in his career outside of this great, you know, five, six-game stretch to close the year in Tampa last year. And Tampa was one of the more unique offenses in the NFL. I mean, Jameis Winston threw for over 5,000 yards. They threw the ball like crazy. Uh, and he feasted on, you know, I think some weak corners and that look, that's fine. Like <laughs> touchdowns or touchdowns, it doesn't matter who you're going against or, you know, the situation of the games. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see that type of guy for 16 games and, and that's okay because the Jets offense, you know, is not going to be structured like that. I think, you know, the question is Can Perryman start for 16 games and be most of what Robbie Anderson was. So Robbie Anderson most years was about, you know, 800 ish yards. Six, seven touchdowns, and I think there's a chance that Perryman could replicate that production. It's going to be hard uh, because he's not going to be as comfortable with Darnold as Anderson was, and they're not really going to have a normal offseason to get in sync. So I could see Perryman being a little slow out of the gates uh, with a lot more targets being funneled to Herndon, Bell, and Crowder, uh, who I think are the guys who are going to lead the Jets in targets while Perryman and Mims kind of work their way Uh, up the ladder but you know, I feel like Perriman will probably be like a 600-650 yard guy this year Uh, maybe five six touchdowns which is okay if Herndon is healthy and Bell is used more in the passing game and Mims you know flashes as a rookie I don't think Perriman's gonna be this a thousand yard receiver I don't think he's gonna produce like he did you know with Jameis those last few games in Tampa but the Jets I don't think are necessarily expecting that they're just looking for someone who can stretch the field a little bit Uh, and help open things up in the intermediate passing game for guys like Herndon and Crowder and Bell, who I think will be more of the focus of the passing game. Uh, I got a lot of questions similar to this one from at FAX Chris. Do you think we get both Logan Ryan and Larry Warford, and which would you prefer? I'm always going to prefer offense, as anyone who follows me or listens to this podcast knows. I think Warford uh, is younger and is a better overall player as well, and the Jets just have a bigger need at interior offensive line than corner. Curious why Warford's been out there for so long. Uh, if he's just waiting for the right situation or the right contract, I would not bet on the Jets getting him. Uh, although they have clearly expressed some interest, I think with Ryan, it seems like it's more pragmatic that that could happen, not at a ten million number. You know, maybe at like a, a six million number. I mean, Ryan, I think is a one year guy that you bring in to add a little depth and versatility to your secondary. I think he'd be a nice addition. I don't think he's You know, a game-changer on the defense. I I think at this stage of his career, he's going to be a role player for you in some different uh, defensive packages. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure he would start on the outside over Blisson Austin. I think he could, but I'd be curious to see Austin and Desir on the outside with Poole and Ryan mostly working in the inside, depending on the situation. I would say, personally, I prefer Warford more. I think Ryan's more likely to happen, although not a guarantee to happen at this point. Question from the Jet Ranger. Who do you think will return kickoffs this year? Um, I think Ashton Davis is going to get a crack at it. It's probably going to be him or Vincent Smith. Uh, Smith is probably going to stick on the roster in some capacity. I know they're high on him within the organization. So, uh, you know, he's going to be a backup receiver, but he was pretty good as a returner last year. So I think it will be him and the rookie Davis battling it out for that role. Uh, so curious to see how that shakes out. <clears throat> Next question from at, well, just add from John Heldman, hard uh, avatar to read. Um, When do you think Bryce Hall will start his first game? I think sometime in the back half of the year, maybe after the bye week or around the bye week, I think he'll work his way back into being healthy and uh, maybe similar to Austin, climb back up the depth chart in some way. It will depend how uh, guys like Desir and Austin and Quincy Wilson and Arthur Mollett play, Uh, but I think Hall will get a shot to start at some point this year, probably more towards the back half of this year with the hope that he can be a starter for this defense uh, in 2021. From Danny Wilson at Wilson Da Ten, expectations for Quinn in this season a Jamal like uh, year two leap or Leo Williams like play above average but not great. We talked we talked about Quinnin for a bit on on the last episode of Badlands and look I, I hope it's a Jamal like jump. Uh, he was the third overall pick in the draft. There, there's some real expectations that come with that, and the Jets drafted him to not be a factor against the run they drafted him to be someone who was going to be a factor as a pass rusher to be their version of Fletcher Cox so you know my hope is that Williams will come back stronger uh you know physically and be more adjusted to the physicality uh of the NFL and be able to stay healthy he was definitely dinged up a bit last year so I don't know I I need to see it I have somewhat tempered expectations I don't think he's going to have a full Jamal Adams like like leak but I do think The talent is there to be a better NFL player than Leonard Williams. So the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. I think you probably get, you know, five, five and a half sacks from him this year and a little more consistency. I'm not sure he's going to be, you know, a Pro Bowl, all pro caliber player like Adams was in his second year, Uh, but maybe in year three or year four, he gets there. Next question from Brian Fields. Does any team have a worse wide receiver room than us? It's a tough question to kind of like you know answer off the top of your head. I think logically, just thinking around the division and the conference, uh, the Jets are probably on paper a bottom five, six you know wide receiver room. That's just because a lot of questions and a lot of unproven, a lot of unproven players. I mean, basically, Darnold has to go into his third year here without a single player who's ever had more than eight hundred and sixty yards receiving in a season. Uh, that's pretty tough, you know. You look at Buffalo; they have three guys uh, in Cole Beasley, John Brown, and Stephon Diggs, two of whom uh, have been a thousand-yard receivers multiple times. And Brown and Diggs and Beasley, you know, one of the better slot receivers in the league. Uh, it's just a different situation uh, that you know Sam Darnold's dealing with. You know, Miami has a little juice with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams coming back to also get Albert Wilson healthy. Uh the Pats, they're not great on paper either. Uh, Nikhil Harry and Mohammed Sanu both kind of stunk last year. Julian Edelman, of course, one of the best slots in the league, but uh definitely they have questions as well. And the the problem is when you kind of start thinking around to some of the other, you know, groups uh in the conference, you look at like what a team like the Chargers and Broncos have now. Uh, even what the Raiders uh, have been able to put together. Uh, The Jets have a lot to prove at receiver. You know, can Perryman, you know, be a a 600 to 900-yard guy? You know, what are they going to get out of Mims this rookie year? You kind of know what you're going to get out of Crowder. A lot of catches, maybe not a ton of yards, but a guy who's going to be a big factor on third downs and has a level of comfort with Sam Darnold. But they could certainly use more depth because right now it's probably somewhere in the you know 24 to 28 range maybe a little lower maybe that's a little more bullish on them than some are but it's definitely not in the top half of the league or one that's going to get pointed out as being uh one of the best out there um question from mitch 789 no one has talked about this really are we going to go into the season with six middle (laughs) six uh middle linebackers or inside linebackers on the roster yes the jets are uh, over the top with their inside linebacker def right now, no, I don't think they're going to carry six in their final roster, that'd be kind of ridiculous I, looking at the moves they made and that the fact that they brought back Burgess and Hewitt uh, and signed um, and addressed it in free agency and getting Avery Williamson back, I think Blake Cashman is probably going to end up being the odd man out, uh, that's who I would guess right now, uh, just because of concerns around his injuries, he's also not you know, he's a, he's a draft pick from the old regime, so uh, I think they're going to keep Williamson. I think he'll start with Mosley, and I think you know your primary backups are probably going to be uh, Hewitt and Burgess, which is why both of them were brought back. So I think four or five are going to get carried. Uh, I don't think it's going to be six, so uh we'll see how that shakes out but you know carrying six inside linebackers in today's NFL not ideal especially on a roster where the jets are probably going to have to carry three quarterbacks because they're going to want their fourth round pick James Morgan not to get swiped off the practice squad but probably not be their primary backup so you're already at you know a numbers disadvantage there so you're not going to give another spot uh to you know hoarding inside linebackers so curious to see how that shakes out um Question from Jet Jersey. If you had to rate this offensive line on a scale of 0 to 10, uh, where would you rate this group? I answered that. It's about a 4.5 right now, which is up from like a 2 last year. So there's been progress. It's still... I would say a below average unit overall. And again, it's because there's questions. We don't know if George fan or Chuma Doga could be a starting tackle for 16 games yet. We haven't seen it. Makai Beckton. We're all excited about him. He's rookie. So there's going to be a learning curve this year. Connor McGovern, you know, rock solid in the middle of the, in the middle there. And then, you know, questions at guard. Can Alex Lewis, Greg Van Routen or Brian winners, you know, stay healthy and get the job done at a high level. So, you know, the questions at guard, I think keep it under a five, uh, if everyone kind of stays healthy and, and they get a better than expected season from some of those guys, maybe it ends up being you know about league average, which would be a huge step forward from last year. But there's still too many question marks at this moment uh, to say it's above average. Uh, question from Jake Wood 1296. Of all the one-year deals signed this offseason, of which there's been 17,000, uh, who's most likely to be back next year? I put I think Brian Poole is probably the safe bet, just considering where he's at in his career and just how good he was. Uh I don't think Jordan Jenkins is uh gonna be the long get a big long term contract from this team on being an edge rusher. I think they'd go more year to year with him. I think Poole is a more logical candidate. I'm not you know, if Perryman has a big year, that could be interesting to watch. I feel like this year is probably definitely going to be a one-year guy, especially with some of the younger uh, talent that the team would like to develop at corner. Uh, but I feel good about Poole. I think, you know, is he going to have the exact same year he la- had last year? Probably not. But uh, if he could be one of the better slot corners in the league, that's a hard position to fill. So I'd imagine that the Jets would like to find a way to keep him around uh, long-term. We took it all. next question from yanks jets life are we going to sign another receiver i i think they will at some point i think we'll be closer to training camp and it, that might be as simple as just bringing demarius thomas back or waiting to see if alshon jeffrey gets released by the eagles i think there'll be some other type of move because you want to have more depth behind perryman and mims on the outside um right now it's like josh Dauchin or or vincent smith and i think that's pretty risky uh you know to be one injury away from having to have one of those guys be a starter on the outside so I know Thomas isn't the most exciting name, but I know the coaching staff loves him, and you know he was productive enough last year in his role. So I would not be surprised at all uh, if he ended up being brought back. Especially since we know that you know Bellamy and Anua aren't going to play this year. Uh, I just think they'll add another veteran body at some point, but it won't come closer to um, uh, will come closer to training camp. Uh, next question from Nets Our Life: Which undrafted free agent are you most confident uh, in making the team? I like looking at the receivers or at Huff as an edge rusher. I think, you know, whether it's Cager or George Campbell, I could see one of those guys sticking uh, with how thin the wide receiver room is. And then Huff at edge rusher, you know, can he carve out a role alongside Jordan Jenkins and Terrell Basham? I'm making the defense. You just look at these positional groups that are a little thinner, uh, and those two jump off the page. And and in that group of three players, I think one or two of them will stick on the final roster and uh, maybe even carve out some playing time this year. I mean, last year... It ended up being Kyle Phillips, who was the undrafted free agent who played a lot and you know will be back this year. There's always one or two who, you know, stick and break through in some way. So I'd look at Huff, I'd look at Cager, I'd look at Campbell and see if uh one of those three can end up breaking through. Uh question from SFTM under over ten touchdowns from Mims and why. I'm going to go under uh, just because of how hard and rare it is to score 10 touchdowns, especially as a rookie receiver. I think Mims is going to be great in the red zone, especially long term, and will make an immediate impact in the short term. And I think, you know, the Jets and Jet fans would be really happy to see, you know, five, six, or seven touchdowns from him this year and have that be something he could build on long term. I don't think that 10 is realistic for this year, but I do think like five or six is realistic. The guy uh, in getting to kind of cover him a little more this week I did a deep dive on him on the site on turn on the jets.com if you want to check it. He's just going to be uh, such a difference maker for this team in the red zone and is really a power forward out there. I, I don't his game does not remind me of Robbie Anderson's game at all and I think, you know, Robbie does some things better. Uh, he's more of a pure deep threat, but I think Mims is a more physical player and a sort of that power forward that Jets have been missing on the outside is exciting and i think one of the areas he does make an immediate impact is just winning jump balls in the red zone i think him and herndon if healthy gives the jets a really nice setup for Darnold when they get inside the 20 yard line um next question from at treb trouble who do you want to see coaching the jets when Gase is fired uh, it's impossible to say. Right. Hot coaching candidates change all the time. Eric Enemy is a popular name uh, out there now that we like to you know, regularly kind of reference and joke as being the Jets guy in 2021. And maybe he will. I mean, I think he's you know, he on paper is a very strong candidate and comes from a Super Bowl winning culture and was tutored by Andy Reid, which is great. Uh, you just never know though. I mean, because it's a different job being an offensive coordinator and being a head coach. It's a totally different skill set, uh, and I think that's part of what the problem is for Adam Gase here. You need to be sort of a CEO and accountable for the whole team. It's more than just game planning for your side of the football and who that candidate's going to be. I don't know. You know, it'll be interesting to see pending on what happens this season, who bubbles up on being, uh, a candidate. I do think they'll go with someone with an offensive background. I don't think that should be a prerequisite. I think you hire the best overall candidate. Uh you don't just force yourself to be siloed in at uh, at offense, but you want to look for someone who could really manage uh the entire football team, not just one side of the football. So I'm sure they'll circle back on some names that uh they talked to previously. Uh how that's going to end up, you know, breaking down to next year, it's hard to say. Um, so I do think there's at least a 50% chance they'll be in the market. Uh, I'm just curious to see, uh, you know, where, what names from both college, if there even is a college season, and then what names from the assistant ranks in the NFL bubble up. And again, I hope that it's, you're looking for that CEO who manages the whole team, not just someone who's going to be a coordinator, uh, who's only focused on one side of the football. All right, one more question and then we'll wrap up here from at Pray for Jack. What are the odds that they trade Marcus May? Please say zero. I would not say zero. I do think May will be someone who uh, is floated out there from time to time and could very well get traded. And even if he doesn't get traded, I don't think he'll be back in 2021 because the Jets looking at safety, if they're going to pay one of two people, it will be Jamal Adams. And you can only spend so much money at safety. I also think they believe strongly internally that Ashton Davis is going to be Adams' long term running mate. So I think they'll start that process this year. Uh, I don't think he'll fully take over that role until next year, but I'm not bullish on May really being here uh, long-term or getting a long-term contract from the Jets. I will squeeze in one more just because we get this question a lot from DPM McGillicuddy. Will Avery Williamson stick on the roster? I do think the answer is yes. I think the plan is to have C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson be the starters uh, at inside linebacker. Uh, with Hewitt and Burgess and Anawasor as sort of a movable chess piece. I think those are the five who ultimately stick with Cashman, probably not making the final 53. All right. Um, thank you, everybody, for your questions. Uh, we will be back next week at some point with another interview uh, and another episode uh, to push out through on this feed. Again, make sure to check out turnonthejets.podbean.com to subscribe to our Badlands podcast. Make sure to rate and review this show on iTunes. Appreciate everyone's questions on Twitter, and we'll talk to everyone next week. Thank you.